Hey friends, before we get to this week's episode, we have a couple of great things coming up this month at Redemption Hill that we want to share with you. All the details for these you can find on the website that's linked in the show notes. First, we have All Be Home for Christmas, a hand-spun, homemade family Christmas show. This will be December 22nd at the Basque Center downtown at 6 p.m. This event is sponsored by Boise Turnkey Real Estate, and all the proceeds will go to support Leap Housing. You can bring your whole family and you can RSVP at the Facebook event, also linked in the show notes. This year, we'll be doing two Christmas Eve services in conjunction with Discovery Church. Those will take place at 3.30 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. We hope to see you there. Now, enjoy today's episode. another Instagram live session where we are in the middle, if you're watching this live, of a beautiful winter storm. Um, The snow is incredible and it's great news because if it's going to be cold, it might as well be pretty. Um, And we are also in the middle of a series on what it looks like to be hospitable. Um, Last week, we talked with Robert on the way God designed God's people to be hospitable outposts of the kingdom of heaven. And this week, we are going to dial into the person of Jesus, um, really getting into what it means to practically follow Jesus in the way that he cared for those around him um, by drawing near to them. So Jesse is going to be our guest today, um, and I'm really excited to talk um, to her about identity and proximity and boundaries and all those fears wrapped up in talking about practical hospitality. Um, If you're anything like me, you love the idea of hospitality, don't so much love it in practice. Um, But we're going to wrestle through all that today. So last Sunday, Jesse looked at the life of Jesus in Luke and how Jesus showed radical, intimate, vulnerable hospitality to friends and strangers alike. Uh, She talked about three barriers that come up, that we come up against when faced with the choice to be hospitable, um, the paradigm shift we need when considering hospitality, um, how our insurance in knowing who we are in God changes our ability to show that same love to others. And she asked us to think through what this idea of hospitality could look like now in our own lives, um, not as travelers, but as people who have a place to stay. Um, And we're going to talk through all that today and ask the question, what does hospitality look like for us now? All right, so we're going to get Jesse in and we'll get rolling. Maybe. Let's see. There we go. Hey, friend, how's it going? Hi, good. Good. Having snow out there and red. I know. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Sam Sam gets so mad when I'm happy about the cold weather because he works outside. Oh. You would not say that if you were outside all day, which yeah, is true. Probably true. Mm-hmm. I look at it. 
<laughs> wear my fuzzy jacket and watch the snow come down. Just be so warm. Love it. All right. So to get started today, it seems like to me that this idea of hospitality is wrapped up and tied to almost everything else. Um, and the ideas of humility, love, intimacy, boundaries. Um, and we could go a lot of directions today, but I want to camp out in those ideas of boundaries and practical hospitality. So to get started, I think there's a lot of, when you say hospitality, there's a lot of different things that can come into your mind. Um, I think in our growing up, we think about it like it's having somebody over for dinner or like saying hi to somebody at church. But I'd love to hear um, how you would define hospitality so we can set that down as we go into our conversation. Okay. Yeah, we talked about this at church on Sunday, the idea that there's a difference between generosity and hospitality, because generosity is something that you can give without actually connecting with someone, but hospitality uh, is really defined by a shared space. So when I think about hospitality, the three things that you're sharing are your space, your time, and then a lot of times your food, because a lot of it happens around a table. So I think that those three components are important. And the, the way that, I, like, there's really only two ingredients to hospitality. One of them is that you're home, and the other is that you invite people in. Mm -hmm. And that, like, after that, it's really up to you what it looks like. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so that gives us a good starting place to jump off of. Um, so I want to start with saying, I'm going to read back to you, as you said, on Sunday, and um, we're going to dive in from there. Okay. Um, so you said we've gotten really good at keeping the wrong people out, but now we can't seem to find a latch to open that gate back up. Um, and this feels very true very poignant um and i would love to talk about those barriers that keep us from being hospitable um in contrast to setting up healthy boundaries um so where do these narratives of all the barriers that come in our mind right that like i can't have people over my house isn't that good i'm gonna be too busy how do we hold those those narratives of boundaries um, and then at the same time, create and set healthy boundaries. How do those two things play out together? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like really tempting just just ask you about that personally, because it is such a personal question. And I would never give an overarching, like let down all your boundaries or keep them up. Yeah. So much of this is just this messy personal work of asking God what that looks like in your own life. Mm. And we like our generation and you're younger than me, but you know, for the last 30 years, it, the word boundaries has very much been given to us as like, here's a way to keep yourself safe from the people that you don't like. Yeah. And some of it is really healthy and thank God that we have this, like shift in culture where we are allowed to set boundaries unlike generations past mm -hmm. but then we we also really lost something in the way that we just 
decided if I don't like someone, if someone bothers me, if they're annoying, that's a good enough reason to set a boundary. So instead of boundaries being, um, you know, like a, a guardrail against the side of a cliff, it's actually just like all these unimportant fences that we've also put up. Like the cliff is dangerous and we don't, we don't need to have dangerous people who have proven themselves in our lives to be dangerous. That is a really different conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like the fences that we've erected between us and people that aren't our favorites. <laughs> like, well, I just think that we've been fed this lie that we should always be with people who make us happy. And if someone's not making you happy, then they shouldn't be a part of your life. Well, that's crazy. My kids don't make me happy. I'm not going to cut them out of my life. My husband doesn't always make me happy. I'm not going to cut him out of my life. So Mm -hmm. what do boundaries look like for those people? That's where it gets messy. And that's where it becomes a very personal relationship with you and Jesus of asking, Mm. where am I doing this for my own sake? And it is no longer for the sake of others. Yeah. It's that like internal shift of like, from me to others. Right. Yeah. Why, like, why is my comfort the guardrail? Mm-hmm. Comfort shouldn't be the guardrail, I guess, is really like, I mean, that's not biblical. That's not how Jesus called us to live. Like, it's pretty uncomfortable, you know? So if we're yeah. not willing to be uncomfortable, then we're also really missing out on taking some risks and seeing what God has to do inside of those risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Great. Also, if there's a lot of people in your life who don't feel safe, you should go to a counselor and, like, get some help with what boundaries are appropriate. I'm not a counselor. Yes. No, absolutely. (laughs) That's a different conversation. But take care of yourself, please, everyone. Yes, please do. So I guess then from there, can you talk about how that journey has looked for you? Like, what has that been like for you in figuring out, okay, these are places where I need to open up my proverbial gate and let people in yeah how's that how's that been for you um okay well two things have been really important in that one is that other people's opinion of me and my opinion of other people has had to be completely reconstructed so if I if the people who come in my home get to determine my worth then I'm going to be very hesitant to let people into my home because I'm asking them to give me something that's not their job to give me based on how I serve them, how they feel at my house. So that's one thing is the needing the approval of people. And then the second part of that journey has been taking some authority in my own life of like, I get to set the culture in my house mm-hmm. and that's been really important and it has to be very intentional. So when we set the culture in our house of like, this is a place where God's name is glorified. And this is a place where we all have to feel welcome, not always comfortable and sometimes annoyed, but do we feel welcome here? That's a culture that we set with our kids. And that's a culture that we want for everyone who's coming in. And then on the flip side of that, the people who are coming in the house, while they'll affect the culture, what they think about what's happening here can't be can't determine my worth or I won't have them over. Um, I'm going to pause you just one fast minute. This, my dog, of course, decided this exact minute as the time that she needs to go outside. So just hold on. We'll circle back. 
Paused. Okay. So noisy. Go. Are you kidding me? Seriously? I open the door. I open the door for her. And then she notices that it's snowing and won't go out. So yeah, she's like, I don't have to go that bad, actually. I'm just kidding. Okay. I don't know why she's barking. I'm sorry. I'm just going to mute myself. And then we can continue on. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, it's fine. Did you have more you wanted to say on that? No, I mean, those are just the two big shifts I had to make in my mind. And then there's like really practical ways I started to change how I thought about hospitality too. But and yeah. we can talk about that too. Yeah. So that's actually the next place I want to go. Um, thinking of once we're, th once we've decided, you know, what are those practical shifts we're going to make? Um, what are some things that you have found to be helpful um, to actually move you into those spaces? What are some things that you do in your family? And yeah, those other like prescriptive things that seem to help yeah. when we resistant. Okay, one, one thing that I have learned through like being discipled is that if you're not intentional with your calendar and your money, nothing's going to change in your life. Your calendar and your bank account tell you what you treasure and what you're aimed towards. You can say whatever you want, but if those two things haven't changed, then you haven't changed. So part of what we do as a family is that at the beginning of the month, we look at the calendar and I really intentionally, I pray and I ask God, who have I forgotten? Like who needs to come to my house this month? And then we'll, Sam and I will talk about like, who do we miss? Who haven't we seen in a while? Who do we feel sort of drawn towards? A lot of it's like the same cast of characters. You know, it's people who our lives are really invested with. But then sometimes it's like a neighbor who we've never had over for dinner or someone from uh, the kids' school or someone from soccer. And so we'll put it in the calendar because otherwise it won't happen. So as casual as we want it to feel, there also just has to be some intention to it. Um, and then the, so your calendar matters and then your money and part of the money for hospitality is food, especially now, you know, groceries are expensive. So a really practical thing that I started doing a long time ago, like when I was a stay at home mom with babies is when I went to the grocery store, this is so weird, but if there was something that was on sale or something that like I knew I could make into a lot of food. I would buy it without really having a plan for it. And I would literally pray. I still do this. I'll pray like, okay, this is enough meat to make a lot of soup. So obviously this is not just soup for the five of us. God, would you please show me who the soup is for? Mm. And then the night that I make the soup, I just ask people to come over. So there is just some like intention to like, I buy more food than my family needs. We have a pretty high grocery bill because I want people to come here and eat the food. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really good. I think, and those are just some good ways to just really be like, okay, this is something I can do every time, every month, mm -hmm. sit down, figure it out. And just pick, like, start with one day, open your calendar and look for one day Mm -hmm. that you can invite someone over that you've maybe never had to your house or a family member that you know wants to come over but isn't your favorite and put it in the calendar, make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, 
Yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of these. I don't know if you want to no. talk about it. Okay. Because there's other, like, there's other people that I've modeled my life after and that I really admire. Yeah. Like, the, the publishes from Redemption Hill are so good about having people over. Um, and one thing that I've noticed about how they do it is, like, it's so casual. You just get folded into the publishes family. It's not going to be, like, some big thing that's planned forever. It's just, like, hey, we're having waffles on Friday. Do you guys want to come over? And they're really good at it. Um, I think that Robert and Malia are really good at just having an open door policy. Like, you can really stop by their house at any time. They have four kids. They both work a lot. But it's not like you're going to be turned away, yeah. which I find really incredible. Amanda and Clint are like that with their neighborhood kids. So they just, like, built a culture at their house where neighborhood kids feel very comfortable coming in and out. And there's a price to that, you know, they have had like stuff broken, stolen, whatever. They're always feeding people. But Amanda's just really committed to like that the mess is worth it. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I was thinking about, because you, well, you asked this question about when we don't want to accept hospitality and what that kind of looks like. Or tell me what you were thinking about yeah. when you were... So what I was thinking um, is just so with that thing you were saying about how we can't be a conduit of hospitality if we're blocking off that like acceptance piece. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that a lot just in the ways of how, how often we think of ourselves like as a burden. Like I couldn't possibly. Yeah. So I'm not going to. But mm -hmm. how that attitude blocks us from being able to also give hospitality mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the, with the story Peter being like no Jesus don't wash my feet mm -hmm. um so that's sort of that was my thought how, how are hospitality and like humility and vulnerability all connected to each other mm. that's such a good question and it really flips hospitality upside down and um, I have a couple friends who are really good about pushing that for me. They'll just tell me, like, we don't care what we're doing. We just want to be with you. And that has been a really hard message for me to receive. But I was thinking through, like, all these weird things that I've done with people at my house. Like, my friend Claire comes over and... Uh, like, if I have a job I don't want to do, I'll call Claire and say, please come talk to me while I clean out this closet because I'm so bored and I won't do it unless you're here talking to me. So she'll just come and she'll, like, bring her laptop and, and sit there and talk to me while I clean out a closet. And that's it. And she wants to be at my house doing that because she loves me. She doesn't need me to, like, present this big thing for her, which is what I think she wants, you know? Or like Jesse Peck was reminding me of a time when I was really overwhelmed close to Christmas time and very behind. And she offered to come over and help me wrap all my Christmas presents, which was pretty embarrassing. Like hers had been wrapped for weeks, obviously. And this was probably like December 23rd or 24th. But I said yes. And she came over and we just spent a couple hours wrapping Christmas presents. And it was this really precious time together. And the reason that was hospitality, even though I didn't, maybe I gave her a snack or something, we watched a movie, but was because I welcomed her into my home 
And she offered me hospitality by offering me her presence. So it was this really mutual, beautiful giving. That And that's how I grew up. That's what my parents modeled for me. You know, my mom had seven kids. And if you wanted to see or talk to my mom, you basically just had to get in our minivan because she was like driving us around to our practices and rehearsals and jobs or whatever. So if someone from church wanted to talk to my mom or even just a friend, she was like, we'll get in the car because I obviously have six soccer practices I have to deliver people to. And that was how my mom showed hospitality to people was welcoming them into our very messy minivan. And she just didn't care. And neither did they. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. It's, it makes me think I had a, I had a professor in college once who I, when I was back in Wheaton visiting everybody, he was like, Hey, Lisa, would love to hang out with you. You want to walk with me to the dry cleaners? And I just, <laughs> like being like I guess I'm gonna walk with my professor go pick up his dry cleaning but <laughs> it's one of those where it's like oh you just like made room for me right yeah. there in the middle of your in the middle of your day um mm -hmm. yeah and I think this thing you're talking about feels so like we make we make hospitality such a big like formal thing our brains mm -hmm. like the house has to be so clean and there has to be room for everybody but it's really just, it's a really casual and just that like open borders, anyone can come in. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like is a big piece of what we don't have or what we've lost, I guess, when we think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, to connect it back to being people who love Jesus, the, mm -hmm. the thing about Jesus was that he what he was offering was himself yeah. and like the reason that we are offering hospitality is because we, what we're offering is our lives, mm -hmm. you know, as a sacrifice to others. And that is a really different thing than offering like our living room or our kitchen. People want to be with you because they love you and because you love them. And it really doesn't matter where that's happening in your home. It doesn't matter if they're folding laundry with you or, sitting at the table with a cup of coffee, the idea that you welcomed them in and that they were worth your time. That's a really like counterintuitive message to the rest of the world. You know, they didn't have to do anything to come into your home. You just said yes. And that's the gospel. I didn't have to do anything to be a part of Jesus's family. All I had to do was say yes. No, and I think that it goes back to that. I was talking about this with Robert last week too, but just how everything seems to connect back to that idea. Mm -hmm. that, like, do we actually understand what God has done for us and and how much that affects everything else? Mm -hmm. if, yeah, so good. Yeah, right. If we... If we know even in just an ounce of how loved we are, mm -hmm. the the reasonable response is to love other people that way. That like there's there's no other reasonable action in our life to take than to say, Oh my gosh, you love me this much. Mm -hmm. How can I love others that much? Yeah. What would you say? So I guess wrapping up here in this idea um 
four people, possibly me, um, who have sometimes a struggle understanding that truth about who we are in God, how we are so loved in God. What, I guess, are there, are there things that you have done or, um, how do I want to say this? Like practices that you've done to help you understand that love of God. What was that? What was that journey like for you? Mm. How do we, how do we get that true? <laughs> do you have any tips? <laughs> yeah, just a quick tutorial. Right. Of, yeah. The last four or five years of deep heart and soul work. I mean, it's constant, you know, I, I'm like, in the middle of the journey, I'm not at the end of it. The The practice that came through being discipled and learning to <clears throat> pull some of this apart was, I mean, it was the exact same thing every time. There is a lie that I'm believing and then trading it for the truth. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the reason that we don't believe that God loves us is because we're believing a lie about God or we're believing a lie about ourselves. And that's just like the work of being human is to say what is true, what is true, what is true. And we have to do that in community and we have to do it forever, you know, but then we get, it gets easier. It's easier now. I just was. There we are. there? Yep. <laughs> Sorry. I have a time limit set on my, um, <laughs> oh, shit. I have a time limit set on my social media and I hit it. <laughs> uh, oh, something came up this morning that I felt very defensive of, for instance, in my identity and, and really wanted to like keep saying things so that these people would like believe the good about me and it just it's easier now it was so much quicker for me to see like oh this feeling in me is not feeling worthy and needing them to give me my worth they Mm. can't do it who can and it was just like that was quick you know it's gotten faster so you're doing the right thing because you're doing it in community and I'm really excited to be on that journey with you in our huddle yeah I am excited too yeah it's all that like learning how to, yeah, like that piece of learning how to feel it in your body when it's when it's coming and being mm-hmm. like, oh, this feeling is this, yeah, right? You know, I feel like is so we don't talk about that very often. Like how to take those feelings in our bodies and understanding like what God might be speaking to us through those. That's such yeah. a different idea. Totally. Mine is so specific. Like that, the thing that happened this morning, it's all, it's like a tightness in my chest. I feel like I had 10 cups of coffee mm-hmm. and that like I've just learned is such a clue that I'm looking for other people's approval. It's like, it's, it's funny that it's always the same and I know it's different for other people, but in my body, that feeling is important to pay attention to. Yeah, that's great. Well, my friend, um, that is pretty much all I have. Unless you would like to share anything else before we go. No, I'm going to write some of this up. Just some like really practical ideas about what hospitality can look like and steps to take to make it a habit in our lives because you no know, habits and patterns are what actually form us. So 
I'll put that up like on Facebook and Instagram later this week. Perfect. Thank yeah. you. And we'll, hopefully if you want to send it to me too, I will put it on our website um, yeah. in our blog as well. So cool. okay. it'll be also for people to peruse. Okay. I will do that. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Jesse. Yep. Love you guys. That with that with us, it's good stuff and it feels encouraging to know that we're all doing it together. Totally. We're all on the same path. Sure are. <laughs> okay, have a good day. And bye everyone. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection, where you can fill out the Connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at Redemption Boise. We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.